Uh, do you have your Bibles in Joshua chapter 3? If you do, say amen. The Bible says this, Then Joshua rose early in the morning and set out for Shidom. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel. And they lodged there before they passed over. Somebody say passed over. Verse 2, And at the end of the three days, the officers, the leaders, they went through the camp. Verse 3, and commanded the people, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Somebody say, follow it. And there shall be a distance between you and it about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way that you should go. For you have not passed, somebody say passed, this way before. One more verse. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I'm going to preach this morning for a few moments on the subject wonder. Somebody look at your neighbor and say wonder. Come on, nudge your neighbor, give him a high five or something and say, We're about to see the wonder of God. Father, thank you for your word. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. On your way down, give five people a high five and say the wonder of God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Matt. Will you give it up for Matt, who's been killing it, filling in for Pastor Jordan while he's gone? Come on. It's awesome. I want to preach to you for a few moments this morning on the subject of wonder. Somebody say wonder again. Here we see in the Bible there is a transition that's happening between Moses and Joshua. Moses has already passed on. He was the leader of the children of Israel for 40 years. And now we see a young guy named Joshua coming into place and leading the children of Israel. And they're about to come into a place where they go into their promise. But first, they are in a place called Shidom. Somebody say Shidom. The word Shidom in the Hebrew means scourging thorns. Scourging thorns. Israel had been through a season of what we could call scourging thorns. Have you ever been there? God had delivered the people of Israel, His children, His nation that He called unto Himself he delivered them from Egypt to be a part of his family, to know them, to be in relationship with them. And he had made their great ancestor, Abraham, have you, how many of you know Abraham this morning, a promise. And he said, I will give you this land and your descendants will be so many. They will be more than the stars in the sky. They will be more than every grain of sand in the earth. Can you imagine that? That kind of promise. And here we see today that the Lord wanted to take them into the promised land. The place that he had set apart for his children. But although that they weren't in Egypt anymore, how many of you know that they still had a lot of Egypt in them? Because God can take you out of a place, but you can still have the mindset of the place that God took you out of. That's why you still spend money like you're in poverty, although you're not anymore. Where's my amens this morning? I thought this was Pastor Appreciation Sunday. Come on. 
Come on, you can leave a place. That's why a lot of people, God will set them free, but they still think and process life like they're a slave to sin like they were before. God has brought us out of Egypt, but unfortunately, a lot of times we still have a lot of Egypt in us that God has to take out of us. So in order for them to be ready for what God had promised them and had set aside for them, he had to take them through a process. Somebody say a process. The process is the scourging thorns. Let me tell you this morning that God will never lay your promise right in your lap. I think one person heard me right there. God will never lay your promise right in your lap. He will always prepare you to be able to be ready to receive the thing that he promised you. Because how many of you know that you weren't ready or even mature enough to receive what God had for you when he said you were going to have it? God had to take me through a process. We get a promise and we expect God to do it in a moment. But I hear the Lord saying this morning that my promises are yes and amen, but my processes are wait and see. I'm going to say that again. My promises are yes and amen. They will come to pass, but my processes are wait and see. Everybody wants the promise of God. Everybody wants the, a word from God, but nobody is willing to wait on the Lord for the correct time in order to receive what he has for me. Everyone has to go through the thorns. Even Jesus, get this, had to go through thorns to get to his destiny. Man. Even Jesus, and we think we're better than Jesus, that we don't have to go through nothing, that God's just going to give me everything he said and everything's going to be good. I'm going to walk through the tulips and life is just grand and nothing bad's ever going to happen to me. No, 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 boo-boo. God has to take me through a process to make me ready to receive what he has for me. Where are you at in the house this morning? So I want to encourage somebody this morning that is in the middle of the process. Do not give up in the process because on the other side of scourging thorns is the promise of God. On the other side of this trial is the goodness of God. On the other side of this trial is the thing that he said you would have. Come on. On the other side of this trial is the promise that he spoke to you privately in prayer. Where's my help this morning? In, in this next season, in this limitless season, I believe we're going through a process, but we're about to inherit what God had promised us. Give somebody a high five and say, I'm about to inherit it. I'm about to take it. I'm about to see the promise of God. So God is taking Israel from one place to another in this moment. But not only had it been a season of thorns, but it had been a season of temptation and failure. Because if you know your Bible, the place of Shidom is the same place that Israel had failed and worshipped the God of Baal in Numbers chapter 22. So Shidom is not just a place of transition. It's a place that's marked by failure. But I'm thankful today that God uses a place of failure in my life. 
I'm thankful today that just because it was a place of failure doesn't mean that God can't use it anymore. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful, get this, that just because the previous generation failed at a place doesn't mean I have to. Come on, somebody. Just because my grandpa did it doesn't mean I have to. Just because they did it, just because my mom was addicted doesn't mean I have to be. Just because they ended up in divorce doesn't mean I have to be. I feel like preaching right now. Come on, somebody. Just because the last generation had a failure at Shidem doesn't mean I have to. And in this limitless season, God is going to take us from a place of failure of the last generation and take us into a place of victory. Man, give somebody a high five and say, he's taking me to a place of victory. I don't have to be an addict. I don't have to gossip like them. I don't have to abuse my kids like they did. I don't have to have a lackluster encounter with God. I wish somebody would preach with me this morning. If you're thankful today that Jesus took every single generational curse and broke it in your life, you ought to praise him. You ought to clap your hands. You ought to dance with your feet. Come on, somebody. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul has to cry out hallelujah and praise him because I know if it wasn't for the Lord on my side I would have failed at Shidem too but because God was with me because God kept me because God was in me I didn't have to fail at the same place they did go ahead and take a praise break right there I feel like preaching this morning so they came from a place of thorns and are coming to the Jordan River. And on the other side of this river is what God had promised Abraham all of those years ago. But before they get where they're going, they're first going to have to pass over. Somebody say pass over. And for many of us in this room this morning, it's not that God doesn't have the answer ready. It's we haven't passed over yet. You ought to put that down in your notes. Some of us are still stuck in the same stuff that happened 20 years ago. I'm preaching better than your amen to me this morning. Some of us are still stuck in the divorce. We're still stuck, get this, on the Facebook post from 2010. We're stuck. Stuck in what they said over us. You'll never be nothing. So now you live like you're nothing because you haven't passed over the thing that was spoken over your life. Man, I feel like preaching this morning. We're still stuck in the addiction because we haven't stepped into the glory and the goodness and the grace and the victory that is in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm still stuck in the church hurt from my last church. I'm still stuck in the pain. I'm still stuck in what my parents said to me. I'm still stuck in what my spouse said to me. Come on, somebody. I'm still stuck. Some stuff's real petty. <laughs> I'm stuck with how they didn't say hi to me when I walked in the door. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm still stuck. Somebody say I'm stuck. But you weren't made to be stuck, child of God. You were made to pass over. And I declare in this limitless season that we are going to pass over every barrier to the blessing of God in our life. I'm going to say it again. Get this in your spirit this morning. I declare in this limitless season, we are going to pass over every 
barrier to the blessing. Not just some barriers. We're going to pass over everything that is keeping us from living our fullest life in God. We're going to pass over every temptation. We're going to pass over every insecurity. We're going to pass over every evil word that someone has spoken over us. I'm going to pass over the way they left me. I'm going to pass over. Somebody say, I'm passing over. I'm passing over. But, 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 but. Here's the key to passing over. Verse 3. And he commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant, your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from the place and follow it. We know that the Ark of the Covenant is a representation of the presence of God in, in, in the earth. So the key to passing over, get this, is following the presence. The key to passing over from a season of failure and a season of not doing what God has called you to do into a season of victory, blessing, and the promises of God becoming a reality is following the presence of God. And I have watched so many people try to pass over in their own strength and fail every single time. They try to go through the Jordan River in their own strength. If we could just be transparent this morning, Matt was talking about how for three years, I text him every week and said, I would love to see you at church because he was a person, if you don't know what this means, an in and outer. It means I'm in church one minute and I'm out the next. I'm with Jesus one minute and I'm out the next. You know somebody like that? Come on. And I watched Matt season after season try to pass over the junk in his life in his own strength. Come on and fall right back into it. But it wasn't until he received a revelation of the kingdom of heaven that he couldn't do it at his, on, on his own. But as a citizen, come on somebody, of the kingdom, he could step over all the junk that the devil had tried to use over his life. I want to declare to you today that if you will pass over with the presence of God, you will not sink in the Jordan River. You will not drown. I know some of you this morning feel like you're drowning in your junk. You're drowning in your mess. I'm preaching. You're drowning in all that situation that you're going through. But if I follow the presence of God, baby, I'm going through the river and I'm going to pass over. Somebody say I'm passing over. The last generation couldn't get over it, but I'm going to. I'm passing over. I'm going to follow the ark. I'm going to follow the presence of God right into my breakthrough. I'm following the presence of God right into my victory. I'm following the presence of God right into my peace. I'm following the presence of God right into my promise. Come on, somebody. There's a miracle about to hit this church, and we're going to pass over from Shidem. We're going to pass over from the last season because we're not, we're not living by limits anymore. We're living a limitless season, right? So if you're passing over today, I want you to give three people around you a high five and say, I'm not staying here anymore. Come on. Come on, three people. I'm not staying here anymore. I'm not staying here anymore. This is helping somebody this morning. And in this limitless season, we're going to follow the presence of God to pass over every single obstacle in front of us. Then they begin to instruct the people, the leaders. Yet there shall be, you're going to follow the presence of God, yet there should be a distance between you about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near to it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you've not passed over this way before. They were saying, don't get too close to the presence of God to where you become familiar with it. 
Don't get so close that you become too familiar. And I believe one of the reasons this morning that so many people give up on their life in Jesus is they become too familiar. Can I tell you this morning that familiarity is dangerous because familiarity breeds dishonor. Amen. Familiarity breeds dishonor. When I get too comfortable with something, I will begin to treat it as common. And so many of us are so used to coming in the room and feeling the presence of God and loving what we feel that we just treat it as common. Oh, I'm just going to church today. No, no, no. When I come in this room, I'm expecting God to do something new. When I come in this room, I'm expecting God to to heal some blinded eyes. When I come in this room, come on, somebody. Familiarity is dangerous. And when you're too familiar with something, you treat it as common. And this is why when Jesus went to his hometown, He could do very few miracles there, the Bible says, because they treated him as common and familiar. And the text actually says that Jesus could do no mighty works. Somebody say mighty works because of their attitude towards him. Their attitude towards him was dishonor and it made them offended. Come on. Dishonor will always make you offended. Come on. And this word mighty works in the Greek means dynamis. Somebody say dynamis. It means miraculous power, abundance, miracles, power, strength, and get this, virtue. Somebody say virtue. We see the same Greek word at another story with Jesus. We see the woman with the issue of blood who is crawling her way to just touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And the Bible says that when she was healed, Jesus said to his disciples, hold up a second. I felt virtue leave out of me. I felt the power of God leave out of me. So get this this morning. Dishonor and familiarity will literally shut up the flow of virtue that comes from Jesus. Dishonor will literally keep you from living a miracle life. Some of us aren't experiencing miracles because we're offended at everybody. Some of us aren't experiencing the power of God because we're dishonoring. I know we don't want to hear about dishonor. Nobody likes to hear about dishonor. Come on, somebody. Because we treat things as common. So they were saying, don't become too familiar with the presence of God because, here's the reason, don't come near it in order that you may know the way that you should go. For you've not passed over this way before you haven't gone this way you don't know where you're going so here's the word if you're taking notes write this down familiarity keeps me out of the promises of God but if we will continue to seek and honor his presence this is powerful he will take us to places we have never been before get that in your spirit this morning he will take us to places that we've never been before. So in this limitless season, we are going where we've never been before. Come on. We are going where we've never been before. That's why we're not going to use terminology like, well, we've always done it this way. Come on. Well, we've always done it this way. No, 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 no. In this season, God has given us an upgrade. In this season, we're going to do things differently. In this season, God's going to do something new. In this season, we're not going to be limited anymore. Come on. Where are you at in the house? In this limitless season, his presence is our guide. 
our GPS. And then we get to verse 5. This is really where I wanted to get to this morning. Are you staying with me? Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves. Now let's talk about that for a second because there's some of us in this room that were raised a certain way. I just want to correct our theology. Is that okay? When I heard consecrate myself in, in the days of old, it meant that you could only wear certain clothing. Where's all my people out in the house that were raised a certain way? Come on. And God bless them. There's nothing wrong with them doing that. That's not what I'm saying. But be, consecrate yourselves means to be holy. And for some people, holy, and maybe you've never experienced this before, is a long skirt and long sleeves. Because, you know, there's all kinds of people out there lusting after people's elbows. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Those knees just got me going. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Be holy. Or another translation is be removed from common use. Separate yourself from the common is what consecrate means. Be holy. Now, 1 Peter 1 and 16 says, you must be holy. This is the Lord speaking. For I am holy. You must be holy for one, I'm holy. But when God says be holy, he's not talking about a dress code. He's saying, be set apart for uncommon use for me. Be set apart for uncommon use for me. But pastor, if I set myself apart from the people of the world, I'm going to miss out. Yeah, you are. Uh Uh-oh, some of y'all didn't think I was going to say that. Yeah, you are. Because when you set yourself apart for the purposes of God, you do miss out on what everyone else is doing. Come on. But as you set yourself apart, you in turn become a part of what God is doing. (laughs) Listen, would you rather be drunk at the bar every Saturday night or see signs and wonders? If I could pick one or the other, I'm going to say signs and wonders. Come on, somebody. I know I may be missing out on the party. I know I may be missing out on the high. But give me the presence of God. Give me Jesus. Give me the goodness and the favor. I want to see my kids experience the same thing I have. And I don't have time to mess with that stuff. I'm going to stay in the presence of God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a part of it. Come on. I'm a part of it. Then Joshua says, consecrate yourself, set yourself apart for uncommon use for the Holy Spirit for this purpose, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. We set ourselves, we consecrate ourselves for the wonder of God. Now in the Hebrew, this word wonder is uah. Somebody say uah. 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 God is looking for people in this season who are willing to set themselves apart for ooh for wonder. People who are willing to get up early. People who are willing to stay late. People who are willing to give crazy. I'm going to preach back here because they're amen to me a little better. Come on. People who are willing to take the extra step because they want to be used in an uncommon way. God wants to give his church the wonder again. 
Now, here's the thing that the old church had that we don't have right now. They may have been poor. They may have met in all kinds of crazy avenues, but they had the wonder of God. I said they had the wonder of God. They saw signs and wonders. They saw God do things that would blow your mind because they had the ooh Because they were willing to set themselves apart. They were willing to set themselves apart for ooh But here's the word this morning. In this limitless season, God is going to do wonders. ooh I'm going to say it again. I want you to get this in your spirit this morning. In this limitless season, God is going to do wonders. Ooh-ah. We could say it this way. God is going to do some things that make people go, ooh, and ha. I'm going to say it again. God's about to do some things in this season that's going to make people go, ooh, and ah. Come on, somebody. Come on, what do you think people are going to say when they give us the miracle building? Oh, how'd they get that? Ah, I tried to get that building and couldn't get it. Come on, somebody. God's about to do wonders in the earth that is going to put people in a place to where it takes their breath away again. Come on, somebody. God's about to do some stuff in near church that is going to blow our community away. And they won't have a choice but to step in the doors to see what God is up to. Give God some praise right now if you believe that he's going to perform what he promised. I believe God's about to do wonders. Now, this was not a part of my message I went and preached in eastern Kentucky on Friday night, and there was a man there who was preaching the next day. His name is Elder Germain Brunson. He's a mighty man of God, and I wasn't expecting this. I preached my heart out. We had a great service, and he said, come back up here. The Lord has a word for you. So I have that video here. Make sure the volume is nice and loud. It's about eight minutes. Stay with me. This is a word, a prophetic word, not just for me, not just for my wife, but for this house. Okay, so go ahead and play that video right now. The staff of Near Church, just come right down here real quick. I just Get me, brother. God is giving you a choice tonight. This is all things he said to me while you was preaching concerning you, your wife, staff, and near church, every individual. Here's the choice. You have a choice to keep preaching kingdom or backing off of it. God said, if you back off of it, you will continue to see what you see. That was the devil. Y'all notice how it clipped? Yeah, we gonna make him mad because God's speaking. 
The choice is if you stop preaching and teaching kingdom, you will continue to see what you have seen. But God said that if you will press deeper into preaching the principles of the kingdom, he said, I'm about to give you a wave of grace and favor that no man in your city has ever experienced before. I saw the Lord speaking to the people that's been saying no, telling them to say yes. God's about to give you guys a grace that has nothing to do with the bank. It has all to do with the men and women that run the bank. That's not employed by the bank. God said, if you would keep, if you would keep preaching the principles of the kingdom, God said, I'm about to touch the unbeliever that's running that town that nobody knows. I saw it, Pastor Andrew, as if the Holy Spirit was telling them, let them go as if they were Pharaoh. God is about to start using people, thank you, Holy Ghost, that you will never get to meet that's going to be your greatest cheerleader. I, I saw in the spirit people coming to your church, giving their lives to Christ and their grandparents have power in the city. I saw, I saw the grandparent never coming to the church, but because of what God did through you, they're about to make people say yes, that's been saying no. Woo! Glory to God. Financial stability is, is about to start breaking out in your staff and the people of that church's life. I hear the Lord say this to me, and he said this to me. He started saying it to me last Friday night when your pastor started preaching, and it got confirmed Sunday when my pastor was preaching. Tell your people, teach the principles of the kingdom. One of these principles, y'all... Y'all heard what the Lord said. He's whispering it to him because it's about to become loud in your life. Now you can stand there and think that this word is just for him. When God's saying, wake up, it's for you. Wake up. Teach and preach the kingdom principles. One of them that's about to break out in your church in year 2022. You Entrepreneurs are about to be birthed in your ministry. And here's the promise that's attached to them. You gotta teach the principles, meaning tell them, what do you wanna do? And when they do it, teach them how to start their business. Teach them how to open up a business account. Teach them how to get a tax ID number that's not associated with their social. And if you don't know, guess what, bro? I used to be a private banker for JP Morgan Chase. 
fourth in my region, the only African-American in the top 100 in that company. I understand it now from your preaching why I had to work so hard. It's to bring that into the church so that the church don't suffer. I see it now. That's the influence of heaven that's on me. Teach them. And God said the promise that's going to be attached to every person that's willing to push harder in their business and start a business, they will see the wealth of the wicked flow through their hands. Y'all should have started screaming. Every one of y'all in this room, that's y'all's promise. So that's the choice. You can either teach it and preach the kingdom or you can hold off, but you will see what you saw. But if you keep preaching it, your people are about to see things they didn't even know was possible. Can you stretch your hands this way real quick? Father, I thank you for your word. Come on, I want you to stand all across this place right now. I thank they can you stop that video that if they can. feels no weight to this. Listen, that because promise, that prophetic word is not just for me. Lives. It's for this house. It is in them. I said it's for this that house. They will move. God is, is about to do some things in our life, our, our church. Every word that, that you've spoken, Lord, we're not wonder. waiting to see it five years from now start at five days from now that will make people wonder. we're not waiting now, god for next month say, we want to see it in the next five days that in five father days, god i thank you right now that what's going to break out in that church on sunday woo, will be confirmation to these two about the what five you days that he said is literally the end of our fast and he didn't know that he had no idea he didn't know that when I first moved to the city, I met with one of the biggest pastors in the city. I said, just tell me about the city. He said, well, first of all, there's seven families that control everything in this city and nothing happens without their okay. And he said, it's often the grandparents, it's them, but it's their grandkids that are influencing the decisions. Did you hear what the Lord said? I said, did you hear what the Lord said? that we're about to walk into a season of grace and favor that God has never given to anyone else in this city. Come on, give him some praise for that. God's about to do wonders in this city, church. He's about to do wonders in this city. Can I tell you that we have looked at so many buildings and been told no so many times. And then the Lord speaks that. There's a shift happening in this city. And you're right in the middle of it. Come on, lift your hands in this room. Father God, right now. I'm declaring the wonder of God. The wonder of God. The ooh Over this church over this city. God, I declare that the same anointing that your prophet said was going to rest on me would rest on every single person in this room. Let this be a season of supernatural favor and grace in the name of Jesus. We believe you're going to do it. Everybody say amen. We're going to worship here in a second, but before we do, I believe that in a tight season,